guys, welcome back to Casting Commons, the show where we talk all things pauper. I am your host, Teasdale, and this is my co-host, the redeemed elf himself, Reese. Hello there. How's it going, pal? Where have you been up to this yeah. week? Yeah, good. Um, had a good week with magic, to be honest. Um, unfortunately, missed out on a, the legacy event that I was planning on attending, um, as it was just basically going to run on a bit too late. Um, but the upside of that meant I was able to play on the in the Saturday challenge, um, which was good fun. Really good mix of decks, um, and ended up coming sixth with Boggles. So spoilers for the uh, Saturday challenge results. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a very good weekend, magic wise. Um, anything anything you've been doing? No, not massively. To be fair, been messed about with a few brews and stuff. A couple of decks that uh, I've seen lists that I like that are sweet. Uh, as you may have seen, um, I showed you the blue red Ponza list, like the um, <laughs> Hoodwink Boomerang um, Solfatara list, which I think I'm definitely gonna probably record with over the next week or so. Definitely a fun deck to, to absolutely mess with yeah. and really fun on the play. Less so on the draw, but definitely still fun nonetheless. <laughs> Uh, been messing with a couple of wildfire piles as well, so we'll see how that goes. All been fun, and um, sometimes I guess fun policing people is definitely the most fun. Yeah, I, have. I, th I think Ponza and wildfire in general, as we'll probably see from these results, are in a pretty decent place at the mm -hmm. moment with Papa. Not necessarily like <clears throat> the the same decks, but like different variations on wildfire decks and Ponza decks are all doing pretty well. Yeah, definitely. And it's definitely been fun to see. Mm. Anyways, shall we move on to the challenges? Yeah. So the um, Saturday challenge, I guess, the 27th. Yeah, it was a, a sweet one. Um, won by Gardens, as you will be pleased. Let's go! Um, second place was Blue White Gates. Um, third and fourth was Jeskai Ephemerate slash Wildfire. I'm I'm not really sure what we're calling that deck. <laughs> um, and Affinity. And then fifth through eighth was uh, Mono Blue Fear, Bogles, which was me in sixth, and then two Burn decks. Um, so quite a, a decent mix in the top eight. Um, the only obviously duplicate being a couple of Burn lists. And then the near misses, there was a White Black Ephemerate uh, and another Burn in tenth. Was uh, both burns were pinger burn, right? As well. Yeah. So all, basically, all three of those burns in the top ten. I think there was an might have been another in the top sixteen, but those three for sure were all almost identical lists. Um. Yeah. There was a there was a thirteenth place one, and um, that had it was a pinger burn, but with three forge chanters in. Um. But the other three decks in the top ten were all basically stock ping a burn um i don't even think they had a change between them to be honest even the sideboards were were very stock um so it, it definitely seems like that deck sort of found its numbers like it, it's been struggling for a while but it seems to have solidified where it where it wants to be yeah definitely definitely looks like it with the exact same 75 and everything yeah um, yeah settling on four end of festivities three lava darts and a Three Serum Blaze and one Fire Blast, it seems to be, is like the, the non-four numbers. I guess, obviously, three Thermos as well. Yeah. Um, definitely pretty cool to see that's finally like kind of settled down. But more so because, to me as well, it then, when it's all up in the air, it's a lot harder to metagame against. 
and like, yeah. build your deck. So it's it's nice that they've finally settled themselves down into what they want to uh, what they want to do. So then when the when you verse turn one mountain swift spear, you you're more equipped to know exactly how to tackle it, what to worry about, you know that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we're in a place now where you you can put good money on right. This is what this list is gonna roughly look like. Yeah. Um. There's obviously the pulled off a version, um, which we'll come to in the Sunday. But um, I think for for the most part, yeah, you you know they're probably going to be on ping a burn, so yeah. you're going to have to deal with the um, the flame breakers and the and the thermos, and yeah. then the best kid just going to try and burn you out. Yeah. Um, if you're able to play around the, like the serum blazes and the lava darts, that's what you want to be doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely an all, all round pretty good. Top eight to me as well. Like, I'm pretty happy to see, I'd say, like a lot of unique decks with only yeah two burns in the in the top eight. Same like a varied top sixteen as well, roughly two from memory. Yeah, there was obviously the the extra two burns, um, but apart from that, it was pretty again pretty mixed. There was uh, a couple of pawns, uh, um, yeah, the so three pawns are actually more than a couple, uh, and another. Um, like the red white, um, rather than the black white ephemerate. Yeah, and uh, another gardens as well, sneaking it sixteenth place with uh, a couple of shambling gusts in the main. Yeah, de- decent weekend for gardens as well. To be honest, winning, winning the challenge obviously, but then obviously putting another another decent result, another mm. top sixteen result, um, for a deck that it seems to have definitely got a lot more popular as of late. Mm. I don't know if there's anything particularly I think changed. But... I think I think it's just the meta game changed to be honest, which I, I'm kinda mm-hmm. liking, to be fair. Because Kuldotha seemed to be like the powerhouse and all these black white ephemerates and the gardens kind of style decks, it just seemed that again with Wildfire as well, they're just less equipped to be able to answer the burn plus the threats. And mm-hmm. then now it seems to have been the moving towards eight Ren's Resolves or Reckless Impulses, answering <clears> that Flame Breather and Thermo, and then just letting them do their I'm going to draw a bunch of cards isn't so bad. And you yeah. can use your Dawnbringers or you can use your uh, Weathers or Vampire Sovereigns or whatever to just gain a little bit of life to just make them need that extra card and all that sort of stuff. It just buys your time, which then you can then kill them with the initiative. Like those sort of style of decks seems to be like a lot more popular at dealing with the red decks. Yeah, I think the fact that the the gardens can obviously keep pace with the the burn card advantage as yeah. well with the with the okay. disputes and the and the bargains. Okay. If you get them into that kind of game where you kill one or two of the threats and then the drawn cards, you can like keep pace with that and, and yeah. get on top of them then. Yeah, definitely. Um, you you have surprisingly a lot of life gaining. Pretty much all sorts of the gardens list. Like the thing that is generally consistent is, for the most part, is you have the eight bargains, and you have mm. at least eight removal spells, uh, like cast out and chainers. Generally, all seem to be like the consensus of the deck. So like bargain is definitely great, surprisingly good at gaining life, and um, obviously these chainers and the cast downs are just really good at dealing with swift spear, flame breather, and thermo. All pretty pretty well. Um, but... Yeah, and then if you've got like the spin and darkness here and there, and obviously you can board into weathers and stuff, you've you've definitely got that that life game potential behind it if you need it. Yeah, definitely. 
and it definitely seems like these these decks are picking up because of that. They definitely are pretty solid against against the burn. They do have game against fear, and even affinity to an extent as well. The just the initiative just carries affinity, like carries against yeah. affinity as well. So I think the the fair matchup as well. It's it's how the pilot wants to play the list because we're obviously seeing the stuff like um, fungal infection is is mm. a big one. It's like it, it's going to be amazing in the fair matchup. Um, mm-hmm. It 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 depends. It's very tunable, I would say. I yeah. guess the Gatner Gardens list. Definitely. So if you've got a good pulse on the on the meta, which if if you're coming first with gardens, you you definitely know what you you're playing against. Yeah. Um. You can you can build it to beat most things. I think this list in particular, something I thought was quite interesting was the rancid earths in the sideboard. Yeah. Um. I don't know how how common that is, but it seems like a quite a interesting inclusion. Yeah, definitely. Like I I personally haven't seen it. Um. Seems pretty solid against all these decks with X ones and all that sort of stuff. Like okay, yeah. it's fair too. Not the easiest for them to answer being three mana. So definitely could be an interesting one. And yeah, one... and just having the the whirlwind tapped on is obviously huge in that matchup. Yeah, and I imagine I I wouldn't be surprised to be honest if it's in the board for the mirror. I really wouldn't be if that's the original. Yeah, because hitting a Golgari rock farm. Or even a call in the garden so they can't bounce it and all that sort of stuff is not nothing. Yeah. In, in, and yeah, taking out the plants or crit rats here and there. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't be surprised if that's why that was for. Definitely. But yeah, it's a super cool top. Well, yeah, top top sixteen really. The mm-hmm. the variety is there at the moment. Um, obviously, burn burn Sean, It's still one of the better decks. Yeah. Um. But there is stuff there that's beating it, and the, you can pretty much play a version of anything you want. Like, we've got that black mid-range deck, we've got a Gates deck, we've got a Wildfire deck, got the Artifact deck, got the Mono Blue Fear deck, mm-hmm. um, got the Enchantment deck. Um, so it's, yeah, it's definitely cool, cool to see. Yeah. Do you want to do a quick run-through of how your uh, challenge went? Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun one, to be honest. Um Round one, uh, a one verse fans. Um, GN was piloting. Um, I think he got unlucky in game one where I was able to make him use his one of um, prismatic strands before he could start looping it with his Archaeomancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as soon as he used that, his, his game one, he was going to be pretty tough. Um, round two was uh, Affinity. Um, which I believe was mogged. Um, they were they were pretty close games. I ended up winning game three by using the vitality charm I boarded in to give plus one plus one. Yeah. <laughs> and it was one damage the one damage I needed. Um so that was sweet. Um game round three was against Burn. Um with with um boggles against Burn. If you just play around then the festivities it's an easy matchup, really. Yeah. It's not too much trouble. Um, round four was against Ponza, which was quite an interesting matchup. Like, if they're on the play, like, they are pretty advantaged against you. If they can just go, like, turn one elf or turn one sprawl into Thermocast, you'd be a really struggle. Um, I'm trying to think what I've wrote down 
Oh, I, I basically got I boarded in the Pro Red Hawk, and um, because all the removal was red, mm -hmm. and not being able to be chumped by little um, like Arbor Elves and stuff is pretty big, and it means it's sort of the same as the the two mana Elf slot, but you can tap out to play it because they can't just untap and um, cannonade it away. Yeah. Um, so I ended up boarding that in. He stranded basically all my cards in my hand. But I'd got a Sentinel Eyes and a Rancor on it, and it just ended up carrying the game. Um, I don't think I cast any other spells after that because I had no lands left. <laughs> you look like um, you didn't find an Altasaur, I take it. No, 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 I didn't. Uh, round five was against um, Mavani's Gates, which ended up coming second. Um, there were close games. Unfortunately, I mulled pretty badly in. In game one, I think I'm all to five, and in game three, I'm all to four, um, which was unfortunate. But yeah, though, he is a super clean pilot. Um, he's clearly very experienced with the deck. Yeah, um, if, you, if you're going to lose to a game pilot, very well. If you're going to lose to a game pilot, you might as well lose to the one of the best game yeah. pilots. There is nothing. That man yeah, yeah. knows how to brew any gate deck, I can tell you now for free. He is insane when it comes to all sorts of brews that he's played for gates, so... Definitely no shame in losing to the gate master himself. Um and yeah, I think with when they go up to four prismatic strands and you're only on the one of um damage can't be prevented in the sideboard, it's it's it is tough. Um and then round six was against Jeskai that FM wildfire that came third, mm. um, which was is easy grotto, I think, played it. Um and yeah, that's just a, a, a horrendous matchup, <laughs> um, which was unfortunate because when I top eighted, that was my run it back into the top eight was uh, right, my first yeah. game was against him. Um, so yeah, that that was rough. He definitely had a hundred percent of the fun in both of those rounds. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was good good experience overall. It was a fun challenge to play. In. Obviously, until the top eight, I played against all different decks. Um and yeah, yeah, really good. Did he just see the Dawnbringer both games early, or was it just a bad matchup overall? Like he counted the Bogle, or what? What went wrong? Yeah, I think the the way the decks are sort of built, it's just very, it's very well set up to beat what Bogles wants to do. You've got the Dawnbringers and the ability to flicker it. Um, yeah, I think he's seen he's seen Dawnbringer in both. The top eight games and the um, round six games, which yeah. was unfortunate, because um, I think he only had one game one. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, the ability of the Dawnbringer, and then just to sit behind counter spells, like ramp ramp ahead of you and then sit behind counter spells, um, was tough. Yeah. Um, and the destroy evils was quite awkward because normally I would have probably boarded in the Hawks. Um, to bring in because obviously all the clears are red, all the removals red, so it's essentially got hex proof. But then the two destroy evils in the sideboard sort of make that plan a bit awkward. Mm. Um, because they can just use the kill mode on it rather than the destroy enchantment. Yeah, like cause... I think if if that card was just destroy artifact or destroy target creature with toughness for a great, I'll just snap bring in the hawks. But mm. then you you just you can't really. 
Yeah, like unfortunately he's already bringing in the destroy evils anyways, and he. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit awkward for you to <laughs> to just bring in the hawk and then just get destroy evil. Definitely, but yeah, mm. I, I think I, I agree. Like even with only the one dorm ringer, obviously they've got counter spells where they can just um, focus the counter spell on anything that increases your toughness, and then yeah. just sit there and hold until they get a smash to dust or or what have you. So it's. Definitely not just the Dawnbringer, but it is does seem like an awkward one because even Augur, just sitting back on an Augur and preventing toughness will be awkward for you too in some scenarios. Yeah, and because you could you can get the obviously the ephemerate Augur like loop going if they just hold up the counter spell for any trample, mm. they've just got like infinite free blocks and stuff like yeah. that. It it felt really awkward. Yeah, and um, they've got a lot of sideboard as well. Surprisingly, for you, just splash damage. Yeah. Yeah, the the two destroyables like we mentioned, that he's got another Dawnbringer and a breath weapon and a couple of Robok existence. Yeah, which, um, are, which are all probably not specifically for you, but they also yeah. help against you if you know what I mean. Yeah, and obviously the lightning bolts and screds, you can just take them out right away. So he's yeah. got a lot of space to bring that in as well without losing any engine cards at all. Yeah. But yeah, n- nice, nice done, nice show, and you can uh, definitely add yourself to the pilot count for Vogels. Of, <laughs> there's now three pilots who have top eight with decent results or whatever it is. Yeah, it got a rep. It's uh, yeah, the the deck performed really well. Um, up until sort of the last that that round five and the one of the games against the Ephemerate, I didn't really mold that hard either, which was nice. Um. But yeah, it performed really well. Felt like I had a game against nearly every deck. Um, yeah, was was good. Yeah, nicely done. Would you like to move on to the Sunday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've got nothing else. No, I've got nothing else. Um, yeah. So Sunday we had first place was Blue Black Fear, which was quite nice to see. Uh, mm. Second place we had Jeskai Wildfire or Ephemerate. Another one. And then third, we had a burning tree called Dotha. Uh Fourth, we had another gardens. Up the gardens. That's what we're trying to <laughs> Fifth was a walls again. Another top eight for walls, similar to last week. And sixth, seventh, and eighth was Ponza, Jeskai Wildfire again, and another Ponza. With two near misses being Ponza and Affinity. So this is obviously very different to the Saturday challenge, even in yeah. terms of decks that top eighted, and also um, in what seems to be doubling up or showing up a lot. We had obviously a near miss of Ponza, right, which came like I think it was three decks in the top sixteen, maybe two, of Saturday, but Sunday had obviously three decks yeah. basically. Yeah, I think there was there's three Ponza in like in the top sixteen of Saturday. Mm. Um and obviously three in the top ten of Sunday. Um overall it was really well um represented and, and performed really well over both weekends. It seems to be in a really good place at the moment. Obviously they're all these were all um red green ponzers. Um they weren't like the blue green that we seen last week, but mm-hmm. uh yeah, it's it seems to be in a really good place. Um I don't know if that's maybe Obviously, the amount of different decks we're seeing, uh, it maybe has a better, better game against like playing against different decks rather than just verse and burn all the time. It's obviously not an amazing deck to play against burn, but mm. if you 
planning on versus a bunch of stuff in the blind, it's probably a nice place to be. Yeah, I think that I've brought here basically. I feel like it screams anti anti meta is how I, yeah. I I'm seeing it. It definitely seems great against the decks that are also really good against burn and fear, which are to me still the decks that to beat. Yeah, and then, but also it's not it like it's not unwinnable against burn and fear. Like don't get me wrong, it's probably not pos- well positioned, but it's definitely not unwinnable by any stretch. So I can definitely see Ponza beat like getting an uptick because of that. Like it's definitely great against all the decks that are really good against burn, like Gardens, Black White Ephemerate, uh, Jeskai Wildfire, all seem fairly solid. Um, obviously you've got Avenging Hunter, which to me anything initiative just screams this this card is re- this deck is really good against Affinity because mm. initiative is just hard carrying against Affinity to me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely yeah, a great one. It's a cool again a, a cool top uh, top ten, mm. um, not as varied as the Saturday, but there's still a lot of different decks in there. Obviously, the burn is now a, a burn and tree called over variant rather than the ping of burn. Um, no mono blue, but it wasn't far away. I think it was at eleventh, just behind Affinity. Um, uh, but that even that was the. Find the monsters spy a golem version, so that was a bit different as well. Yeah, we also had a obviously a fear like a blue black fear, which yeah. obviously took the whole thing up, took the win, which was quite nice to see too. Nice to see blue black showing up. Yeah, and obviously the double double shown again from the Jeskai FM wildfire deck. Um, ephemerates a super broken card. Yeah. Um, and wildfire, especially at the moment, like we said earlier, seems decently well positioned. Like it doesn't have to be in this Jeskai shell, but it it seems like it's in a really good spot at the moment. As, especially with the amount of Ponza knocking about, you probably want to be on those artifact lands, yeah, if you can. Um, and yeah, it's it's just such a a good ramp spell when you are on those. Yeah, it's definitely a a, a good one to have, especially against Ponza. As you say, game one, you it's free enough that. Any of these bridges are just gonna stay around. You're not gonna be too worried. Yeah. The the blue black fair I think was the the most interesting deck in the top eight for me. It was something that I didn't really expect. Like I would I wouldn't have guessed that would be in the top eight, let alone win the whole thing. Yeah. Um it wasn't a particularly different blue black fair from what we've seen before. Um it had like a couple of new one-offs, like it had a couple of the Capenna Fetchlands, um, trying those out, and then it's standard random one removal spells with like Devour Flesh cast down, Echo Decay, um, and a spell base. Um, but yeah, it it seems a fairly stock blue black fair from what I've seen. Yeah. Um. Must have just hit it on on the right day. I'm I'm not sure what it, it played against through the Swiss, but yeah, must have just pulled some decent matchups. Yeah, definitely. Um, interesting sideboard as well with all sorts of different one ofs. Like we've got a a Balaged Scorpion, which has kind of <laughs> flickered in and out of like black white ephemerate. I've definitely never seen it in blue black fern. It's definitely sweet to see it here. Pretty good, pretty good one with uh, all the Thermo Alchemists and the Cassing Flame Breeders and the Monstrous yeah. Swiss Spears about. Well, yeah, it does. It seems a bold choice in blue black. 
yeah. I, I, I sort of I like it in white black with the ephemera. Obviously, mm. you can get a lot of value out of it, but yeah, it it definitely seems a bold choice in just straight blue black. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, a, a very cool. Top eight walls, obviously, yes. making a big appearance. I know you're a big fan. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan of walls in in a in a way. I think it's kind of similar to elves in somewhat. It just like appears in and out of different meta games and I think generally um walls is great when there's a lot of like single point removal is like it moves towards chainers or you can kind of work your way around single point removal make them run out of it and mm. also the better bolt is the better walls are because a lot of them don't get hit by it especially like yeah all the battlements and all that sort of stuff and it's definitely cool to see that it must, and it's also got a really great like Ponza matchup too. I, I would say because yeah. you don't need your lands once you're most of the way there. They don't get to a high enough land count to realistically spread away your walls very quickly. Yeah, especially when all your well, I think it's all but one of your lands are forests, and you're running mm -hmm. four Quirion Rangers. It's very easy to just counter like yeah. the um, the land destruction from Ponza. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a cool one to see. Uh, a couple of Ulamox crushes in the side, I guess, as an alt win was interesting. I'm uh, in that before. Um, so I did see Hamuda tweet about this, and mm. I asked him why he had Ulamox crushes in his sideboard, <laughs> and the response was it was an old list and he forgot to take them out. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't actually know if it was what it, if he bought it in, what it came in yeah. for. I believe it actually cost him the uh, to go further in the challenge because right. he lost to I believe he lost to the blue black fear deck and he, the Ulamog's crutches were supposed to be the obsidian acolytes. So basically, oh, right, he lost because he didn't have the um, pro what, black. an extra an extra one. Yeah. Oh no, sorry, it's crimson acolyte. All oh, right, yeah. so he had no obsidian acolytes yeah. at all. So, right. I, be <laughs> I believe that was what it was for. Support I I'm sure that's what I've seen on, on Twitter, but... I hope he boarded them in just to draw, to see if it, if, <laughs> if it would have made a difference. Yeah. Draw a new Lomax Crusher and be like, damn. <laughs> but yeah, definitely but yeah. switch on. Yeah, cool one. Um, yeah, I don't... I don't think there's anything else to cover. I do I, I do agree. You, you've brought here, obviously, the double Jeskai Ephemera and also one in the Saturday... I hate Burst that deck also. It's the most unfun <laughs> deck to play against. Like the they definitely uh oh have the higher percentage of fun for the match Yeah. That is the, the seem to hoard the fun. <laughs> yes, that is definitely true. Uh, uh, it, it is a very good deck, but it is a very infuriating deck diverse, I think. Yeah. Um, just the the way it plays the game and the way it wins the game is is a tough one to just sit there <laughs> like yeah. you've lost probably 10 to 15 turns before you actually get killed yeah it, it is a weird one because it pretty much has the same sort of play style as blue white fans like there is and it's like anytime you burst fans you just don't feel as like annoyed or till yeah. you're like this this is fine like okay you've i think it's probably because you just know you've lost like you actually physically lose on the spot with fans almost and i guess yeah just guys, just I don't know. No, yeah, no. the fam. The, if the fans are comboing off, you don't really get another turn. Where if the just guy have a loop, they just keep passing you the turn yeah. and they're like, "Oh, you go." Yeah. 
but yeah, obviously three, three and two top eights. Um, yeah, solid deck. I hope it doesn't top eight anytime soon again. Yeah, definitely true. <laughs> we'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so do you want to move on to shout outs? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So I, I think we just got to shout out these two people first of all. Like GN, obviously a big, has told me that he's um. Constantly listen to the show. I really appreciate it. So we've got to keep shouting out anyways. <laughs> the fam's goat moved on. Like, he's playing the wrong colours on the Sunday challenge. So he obviously played the Saturday challenge. And uh, Reese ruined his uh, Saturday. <laughs> so he came back on Sunday with a vengeance and decided to play the mono-red cold author. Yeah, the burn, the burn tree cold yeah. author, wasn't it? And he, uh, I think he came like 14th or something. I think it was something along them lines. Uh, yeah, fourteenth. So With yeah, his one one chromatic star for synth. Yeah, burning tree called authors. Like, dude, just showing how much of like it doesn't matter what he plays. Man's just crazy talented. Yeah, yeah. the fans had betrayed him, so he was gonna tear shit up with the yeah. mono reds. Yeah, definitely a good show in there with the fourteenth uh, place. Um. The second shout-out is Mavani, which we've obviously I've already touched on. This guy is the gate goat. Like, I've followed him from his uh, different gate decks, from he played Food Gate with, like, Cauldron Familiar and um, Ginger Brute, which was a great deck. Um, Kirby played a lot of that list on his channel as well. It was great. And he played, a, like, a Black-White Gates deck recently as well with... Um, I can't remember the name of the card, but it... It's basically one of the new Incubate cards. It's like a Doom Traveler, but makes a like an Incubate token. Yeah. Um, and yeah, definitely that was definitely a sweet list too. And now he's on solid Corgate, but very clean looking with obviously the Smash to Dust in the main and all that sort of stuff. Very good deck. But this man knows how to play a Basilisk Gate, and he is definitely the Gate's goat. So definitely shout out yeah. to Mavani as well. And that, that is it. All my shout outs. You want to move to your first pick of uh, the deck for Saturday? Yeah, I guess I'll just uh, slide scroll right, down scroll it. down. <laughs> so it is the 15th place from, I'm going to say Potato Presidente, or President. Yeah, let's go with That's that. That's probably quite a little accent at the end that obviously sold it clearly. <laughs> so yeah, it was a 15th place on Boros Initiative, I'm calling it. And the reason I'm calling that is Pretty much identical, I believe, to like Snap Bolt's list. Um, he's been doing really well with it, and shouting him for obviously doing a lot of return. He has been taking a break from streaming and stuff, but definitely been doing well with this deck. And it's like similar to Black White, like Initiative or Ephemerate, and it's basically just like a, a red white mid range deck, cleanse and wildfire, um, with all the bridges. Uses prismatic strands with a lot of white creatures like Spirit Companion, Inspiring Overseer, Goliath Paladin, has Dawnbringers, Palace Sentinels, and it uses Ephemerate as well, maxing out on those with four copies of Ephemerate because all these creatures have uh, Enter the Battlefield effects, which is obviously great. And we're running three Ardent Elementalists, which are basically Archaea but red. So you mm. can Ephemerate loop in uh, Boros. In Boros. Mm. And then it's got four lightning bolts and three journey to nowheres, with one faithless looting to like kind of round it off. And it runs this one's running twelve. Is that twelve bridges? Yeah, it's it's a lot of bridges. Yeah. Um, very committed to the bridge. Mm. 
And I think, to be fair, what I'm finding with wildfire decks at the moment for me is wildfire decks are great when wildfire's not needed, if that makes sense. It plays well when you don't draw it. So, yeah. so there's a lot of like old school like Jund Wildfire or um, I'm trying to think of other Wildfire decks like the red black one that Snap Bottle again ran like they, they need Wildfire on too. you are so top heavy with your boredom parties and your um, your Ultra Saws and all that sort of stuff that you need to have Wildfire on too really to like have game where if yeah. you, you don't draw Wildfire here you don't really care like it's fine it's obviously great but you've still got Spirit Companion you've still got Inspiring Overseer to play you got your Dawnbringers as well. You're not really too bothered, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I think that obviously the Lightning Bolt and the Journeys go a long way into making that something that you're not as fussed about, as well as the, the Dawnbringers. Um, I think Dawnbringer at the moment is like the secret MVP of the format. Yeah. Um, it's just really good against basically every deck. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, having those decent one and two mana removals and or like clog up the board guys means that yeah yeah if the games that you don't have turn to a wildfire you're not just dead in the water yeah i'm also um, yeah. interested to see that there's no thraven inspectors either which I, I feel like i know it's weird but pretty interesting yeah i guess that again might have something to do with the just the sheer amount of bridges that it's on hmm. um if it was maybe on eight bridges rather than the 12 i could see thraven yeah. Um. But when you cast them Fraven on turn two, I guess you'd rather be casting something like a Journey or a, a Dawnbringer maybe instead. Yeah, definitely. Um, interesting choice of bridges as well. I know it sounds really strange, but certain decks have like went you're splashing one color or you're splashing the other. Not splashing, I guess. Representing you could have like a blue splash yeah. or a black splash, and obviously went for like a mix of in between with four Dross Forge Bridge. Two gold buyer and two silver book bridge, like maxing on six extra red bridges, but you know, because there is there is a potential you could play Hydra Blast or you could play some sort of black sideboard card, but not even pretending to rep with a mix of different ones. Definitely. Yeah, I think not running um like a either a black uh, or a blue sideboard card is quite interesting Mm. um because it's sort it looks fairly free. Like obviously if you change the bridges around a bit um obviously it's pretty set on having a red bridge on turn one which i guess is where this split comes from and mm. um, like maximize the chance that you're going to wildfire onto but yeah it's it's a very cool take on a, a wildfire ephemerate shell obviously ephemerate probably the best common in the format at the moment um and wildfire seems to be in a really good place so it's i can see why it's an attractive place to land yeah, definitely a solid deck, and obviously Spirit Companion and Overseer been still pretty good just because they replace themselves, works well with Ephemera, definitely a solid deck, as you said, Dawnbringer is just the secret MVP, to me it's been the secret MVP for a while, like it's just surprisingly yeah. good. Um, gain and yeah, it does still. a lot in, in every matchup. Yeah, it's very rarely dead. Um, even if it is just Exile and Emer Enforcer from Affinity's Graveyard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely a solid deck. Um, really happy to see it. Really happy to see obviously different takes on all these sort of different initiative wildfire decks, whatever. Definitely a solid one. Mm. Do you want to move on to yours? Yeah. So we've already mentioned this man 
already. Um, but my pick was uh, Mavani's blue white gates deck. Um, obviously came second on the Saturday. He went went six and zero in the Swiss, and then ne- nearly no lost it right to the uh, to the end. Ended up at Amersfoort eight and zero, um, and lost in the in the finals. Um, it's just a very clean gates list. Um, you often see them playing all sorts of random stuff, but it, it's just straight straight blue white, but two smash to dust in the um, main. Just off off the free, essentially heap gates and choosing red on on one of the other gates, um, and then the sideboard again is pretty clean. Four red blasts, four blue blasts, four dust to dusts, couple of our smash to dust, and, and a one off fire blast. Just a yeah, a, a very solid. Well, looks well honed blue white gate. Yeah, definitely. Um, again, I think pretty. Pretty clean, as you say, and really well positioned and well thought out of the meta. Like obviously, you've mm. got four Prismatic Strands, you've got four Sacred Cat, uh, two Dawnbringers, which all seem fairly solid against red, just to have access to them. And then swapping that round, considering Phase, the other other um, archetype to obviously meta against, you've got four Squadron Hawks, which obviously great in the air anyways. You've got Dawnbringer, which again, another card that's surprisingly good in that matchup, yeah. good at blocking yeah. obviously all the ninjas. Kills yeah, one of them. All the ninjas, yeah. Kill, kills yeah. one of them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you've got four modern age again, another card that's an absolute house against fear. You've got four counter spells and a dispel, and then the two smash to dust as well. All solid cards, and then additionally from that, you've got two extra smash to dust in the side and five pyroblast effects. Mm. So it, it's definitely well thought out. I mean, there's no no two ways about it. Yeah, I think with the gates, obviously you often see just like playing every colour under the sun. The they're just going almost straight blue white in the main with the free red splash in the side for the strong sideboard cards with the, the blasts mm-hmm. and the smash to dust. It it just seems a really good way to do it. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely agree. Um interesting to see what the choice was in three preordains, I guess is the only thing that stands out to me. Like at that yeah. point. I'm guessing just pure space like if you want to put a card i guess preordains not the worst to replace like to to, to take out but um, yeah obviously you've got your brainstorm squadron hawk combo anyway mm. um preordains nice to have but yeah you can, like you say you can lose one or two if you need to yeah definitely um i guess i'm also surprised that he went for the azorius guild gate i'm actually not surprised i kind of like it like some of them <laughs> seem to go for like Cliffgate or something that has some sort of utility, but just having access to just blue white mana is fairly strong. To be fair, it's surprised it'll be surprisingly good how much that'll make your mana so much better than Yeah, I think especially in, in game one, um if you're leading on that it means you you're set on either casting your modern age or casting your squadron hawk um on turn two. Whereas if you're you are running the random like cliff gate, as you say, you can pick which one you want to cast, but then if if you draw the other one, it's sort of stranded for a bit till you establish your mana. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I do like the Azorius in the in the main. Um the only card I sort of haven't been that impressed by is Guardian of the Guild Pact. Like at the moment it just it used to seem 
like it was this one hit kill sort of guy. Mm. Um, but it just doesn't sort of seem like that at the moment. I'm not sure why. Um, I know in our games I was able to block it with like Slippery Bogle. Mm. Um, and it just seems like a lot of decks now have just random answers that they're playing for it. Yeah. Um, that they're, they're not playing specifically for that, they're just playing them in general. Um, and the four mana at the moment, like with how low to the ground everything seems to be getting, is a lot as well. Yeah, I can definitely say that. I think, yeah, the, the, the card just gets answered by quite a lot. There's a lot of obviously chainers in the format, anyways. Yeah. Uh, sort of cleans it up. And then, as you say, if you're committing to Guardian, you generally put yourself in a position where you're just like, right, okay, I'm racing you. And yeah. and a lot of the times, there is just a lot of decks that just are prepared for that, where I imagine if you just take a step back and Basilisk get a Sacred Cat for the most part, you'd probably just win that game anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, I can definitely say that, and I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if we get back into a place where Coalition, uh, is it Coalition Honor Guard? Was yeah. at a point where that yeah that that takes its place again. Like, I wouldn't be surprised just because there is a lot of hate yeah. for Guardian. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one. Obviously, it gives you a lot of game against <laughs> the mirror. Yeah. Um. And um. Yeah, stuff like Bogles, heroic, etc. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, I thought it was again worth mentioning. Obviously, a, a mega run into the challenge. Shame he didn't come first um with a run like that but it yeah it was good all the same yeah definitely he uh definitely is a house with gate sticks as i've previously mentioned a nice nice run and nice showing do you want to go on to your sunday pick uh yeah so <laughs> with with gardens obviously doing really well let's just say it's no surprise i chose a gardens list i've chosen gardens for quite a while to be fair, I think we've been, I think we've went like three or four weeks without we've been in the <laughs> gardens list. Um, but this... I think you've probably got to mention it in every week. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 of course. Um, but yeah, this list's a, a very clean looking list. The 21st place from Brassator, I'm going to go with. Yeah. And basically, he's gone uh, 20 lands with four vaults, four vault whispers, four Golgari Rock Farm, four Cog. Calmly Gardens, two bogs and six swamps. So he's maxed out on rot farms, maxed out on Volta Whispers. Um, no Baron Moors, no uh, Crystal Grottoes, just no messing in the mana base, which is interesting to start. Um, additionally, went to 12 creatures with four Thorn of the Black Rose, four Crypt Rats, uh, four Avenging Hunters, and just that's it. No Larmor Visionaries, no Guild Swan Prowlers. No shambling ghasts, just again, no real messing. Like there's a clean, clean creature list. Um, he's gone for the removal spells being four innocent bloods, which is pretty nice. Four mm. chainers edict, and four cast down. Again, just full blown clean list on uh, removal. No snuff outs, no spin and darkness, uh, no fungal infection, no other interesting tech choices. And then he's gone for the standard reckoner. They've gone for the standard deadly dispute reckoner's bargain and wellspring, just full four of again. But he's also running four dark rituals too, which is again another interesting thing. I just think the list overall is just very interesting, yeah. very clean looking. 
Yeah, I think a, a list like this is how I would build gardens. Like, you're not faffing about with all the random one-offs and two-offs mm. and three-offs. It's just, this is what I want to be doing. Um, and, and these are the cards to do it with. Obviously, the 20 lands is pretty low. Mm. Um, you can sort of get away with it with the rock farms, um, giving you that extra space. But obviously, the dark rituals sort of help with that as well. Um, if you are going turn one tap land, turn, turn two thorn, you're going to hit the rest of your land drops. Mm. Um, and and you've got the, the power draw of gardens with the wellsprings and the bargains and the disputes anyway. So I, I can see that being a reasonable place to settle. Um, it doesn't seem as good with all the Ponza running about if you're leaning on this rock farm as much, but if you can dodge that matchup, it seems solid. Um, the Innocent Blood's a cool one. I, I haven't seen that in Gardens for a long time, and, and when I did, I think it was like a one-off or a two-off. Um, but yeah, just doubling down, straight four of four Innocent Blood, four Chainers, four cast down. Um, doesn't seem like the worst place to be. You're definitely not losing to Terra. No, definitely not. <laughs> but uh, it is interesting because it does have some sort of... Um, also, it's like it's not as free as it would be in, like say, like blue-black teachings or those sort of creatureless decks where Innocent Blood is just a one-man edict. Like, you do have some yeah. sort of conflict because you are obviously running Carnegie which I know it sounds weird. You don't really care about Innocent Blood in it away, but there is times where, obviously, that plant token is your draw engine. Yeah. So... It has got some conflict. It's not completely free, but it is a definitely sweet take on it. And I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if the Forger S is literally just so they can take a Thermocast and knock that and their rock farm doesn't die. Yeah, in the side, yeah. Definitely. I um, guess on the, the Innocent Blood angle, it would maybe benefit from the fungal infection. Mm. Like giving you something extra that protects like your Avenging Hunter or protects your Crip Rats from your own innocent blood if you need to use it. But yeah, but yeah, I I, I really like this. Basically, straight four offs. Yeah, twenty lands, straight four offs. This is how we're playing it. Um, even the sideboard four duress, four weather, um, three relics, two fingerings, and and two nauseas. It's a again a clean sideboard. Um, the fingering seems to a bit interesting there's not a huge amount of artifacts obviously you've got the the vault and the wellsprings and then i guess you're just leaning on the treasures um might i guess might, must be enough but it, it does seem fairly low yeah def definitely yeah. on the low yeah. side yeah you don't have like the random blood tokens from blood fountains yeah. or, or stuff like that but no it's definitely interesting but i guess then again you kind of it's, I'm assuming with this list, it's more mainly for affinity, and I guess you'll probably yeah. bring it in. I don't even know if you would bring it in against burn because you do have that little like you don't have random spell bombs or you don't have, let's say, a random blood fountain. So I, yeah. I could see you not bringing it in and just go for weathers for duress. Yeah, and just have it for the artifact decks like yeah. the yeah the trods and the affinities. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So definitely a, definitely a claim one, definitely an interesting one, and I definitely just thought I'd bring attention to it because it's pretty sweet take on it. Yeah, it's it, it's a cool angle to, to play with gardens, mm. really. The dark ritual sort of ramp instead of the like visionaries and stuff, it's uh, obviously a different different angle to take. Mm. Um, 
I imagine turn two Thorn is still pretty powerful. Um, the the play Swifty, you've got at least a chance they don't bolt your Thorn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, just turbo on out of Engine Hunter is still obviously great. Initiative still broken. Um, cast it as soon as possible is a, is a good plan. Yeah. Definitely. Anything else so, on the Saturday? Wait, which? Sunday. Sunday. That was your Sunday pick. Yeah. Sorry. So, if we're going to my Sunday yeah. pick, um, which was the 24th place, I believe, uh, Red Black Madness, I'm going to call it. Um, yeah. It's a deck that sort of was a thing a while back with like fodder tosses and, and stuff like that, um, but sort of fell out of favour. Um, and it's nice to see it sort of come back and and do something. Twenty fourth in the in the Sunday challenge. Um, obviously, Arms of the Vein, Vampire's Kiss are a pretty good place to be if you're want to beat Burn. If you if you're in a burn off, mm. and your burn spells come with life gain stable to them, um, it's pretty decent. And um, three scrapwork mud as well, which I thought was interesting from Brothers War, and. Um, Bit of a cool addition, basically a, a two mana two one. Um, when it ETBs, you can discard a card if you do draw a card, and it's got unearth for one red. Um, so you can pitch them to the to other stuff and unearth them, or you can pitch stuff to it. Um, seems like a fairly decent addition to the engine. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Sh- oh, Sean, when I've seen it, see play, so definitely a sweet one, sweet addition. But yeah, just a, a deck that we haven't really seen in a while. Um. Obviously, it's only got 11 creatures. It's got Kitchen Imps, Epicure, four Epicures, four Kitchen Imps, and three Scrapwork Mud. It sort of feels like it's sort of missing that Swift Spear powerhouse creature slot mm. that Burn does have. Um, Not necessarily Swift Spear, but something in that yeah, yeah. And Obviously, the, the tap lands are a bit of a killer yeah. for something like that, unfortunately. Definitely. Um, With the four bridges and the, the three Carnariums. Um. I think if it got something like that, um, like the one mana really strong threat, it would probably be a, a lot more of a contender. Mm. Um, because obviously the, the card advantage engine of the discard plus Magnus cards is, is decent. Um, yeah, and being able to uh, leverage like the arms and the fiery tempers in a deck is, is strong. But yeah, I, I think it is just lacking that one really good threat yeah i can definitely see that for obviously the mid-range piles or or whatever like when you're versing those sort of decks that want to go longer like you're missing that big threat um mm. previously i guess people have played i can't remember the name of the card is it like first sphere gargantuan or something like that and it's like a six mana five four that um phyrexian rages and then has oh, right, un- unearth for three ah right okay yeah yeah um, so like I've seen those in the past, like in the sideboard, and they're just a good way of getting ma- like a really big amount of damage. Obviously, being a big threat that just smack take five, like a big ball mm. lightning that draws card. Um, but as you say, like having arms and vampires kiss and stuff is just a great place to be when you're against burn. And generally, I feel like that's where it shines is just having that just generally okay you now need another spell okay i cast this you now need another spell and it's just churning through its deck 
gaining life while also killing you is, is a great place against burn. So, definitely a solid one. And you also get a Rungal Flask just by having Scrapwork Mutt and Bridges and uh, the Mirrodin Lands. And yeah, the with the, the Epicures as well. Yeah. Um, and even two Deadly Disputes. It's sort of just got incidental loads of artifacts. Um, yeah. yeah, and obviously you get the Bloods off the Vampire's Kiss as well. Yeah. Um, so you do just end up with a bunch of stuff. It's Yeah, it's a deck that there's definitely potential there. Um, I do really just think if it could have a like a swift spear threat, like that it can play early and get sort of five plus damage out of it, it's probably going to be a lot better. Yeah. Um, I guess Kitchen him sort of fills that role, but it probably doesn't come down as early as you'd like it to. Yeah, I think it could, but as you say, with the most part, with three Carnariums and four Drossforge Bridge. Like, yeah. it's just not really happening until turn three plus. And at that point, you just, it's a bit late to be doing max amount of damage. It's probably getting two to four damage in, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Which might be good enough, I guess, when you're still drawing cards and replacing itself while, you know, blood and, and faithless looting and stuff. So, but yeah. But yeah, cool deck to see come back um, in some capacity. Um, Hopefully it continues to get new tools and, and we can see it develop a bit more. Because, um, yeah, the, the Madness Core is obviously, there is power there. Um, and being able to utilise Blood Tokens to, to get there is obviously very good as well. Yeah, I also think another thing to note, I guess, is um, with Affinity kind of, I don't want to say taking a down tick or a down trend in general, but like just generally not seeing as much Affinity as you would used to in challenges. Um, there's probably less like Gorilla Shamans, which is also really good against, surprisingly good against this, because most of its engines are just blood tokens. So, mm. um, I've had a lot... I sort of half agree with that. I, like, there is less affinity, but I just don't think there's less Gorilla Shamans. Yeah, I guess... I, guess I think it... people are still packing all the Dust to Dusts and Gorilla Shamans yeah. that they used to pack, even though I think it's just not really there. Yeah. I... It's, it's a... a bit of a weird one. It is a strange one, but I guess, like, to me, there is... If you are going to... Like, the hate for, I would say, Bridges is still there. Mm. But I feel like... Maybe not Gorilla Shaman. I'm unsure. Like I said, I haven't checked how many Gorilla Shamans there has been in challenges, but it does feel like maybe there's less. I'm unsure. But there's definitely a lot of Shatter Blows and Dust to Dust and Revoke existences yeah. around, that's for sure. Because obviously Jeskai Ephemerate is also a big contender in that. And you kind of want answers to them. Yeah. But... Yeah, I, I can see it. it. It definitely feels like there is still a lot of random Gorilla Shamans, just like one-offs here and there, like yeah. in the gardens lists and yeah. stuff like that. Um, which are maybe starting to get a bit out of place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if if that drops, obviously the the blood token engine becomes a lot more viable. Yeah. Um, but I suppose that is a, a big downside to that engine is it's so easily disrupted by Gorilla Shaman. Um, it just destroys it really. Yeah, definitely. So do you want to move on to our recap of what we thought would happen last week? Yeah, let's go for it. So our first one was hopefully that the diversity in Portable will continue, um, which to me, it definitely has. Yeah, 100%. Um, obviously, there was a, a big uptick in Ponza, but it 
it wasn't really dominating. Um, and everything else, there's just a good mix of like all the both top eights and, and both top 32s, to be honest, had a really decent mix of different decks. So there wasn't tons of burn, there wasn't tons of mono blue, um, which is really good to see. And mm. um, so I would say we're pretty pretty pleased with that one. Yeah, it's it's a nice one to be true. Let's go um, down the rest and see how they they uh yeah. They <laughs> your your first one was Poison Storm will pick up. There was uh I think zero copies in the both top thirty twos. Um, Just people aren't you, people aren't. You can fact check me there, but I'm fairly sure that's correct. <laughs> I would like to see how many were actually played. So, um, oh, in total. In total. So in on the Saturday challenge, there was zero copies, and um, <laughs> the, in fifty decks. Yeah, and in the Sunday there was. Uh, let's see. There was zero copies. Okay. <laughs> there actually was more slivers, and more. <laughs> Mono black burn and mono black control than there was poison stone. Yeah, so I, th I think that one was maybe a miss. Maybe, maybe you predicted it for next week instead, yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's what it was. Just clearly people haven't realised the potential of poison stone. Not, nothing to do with how much Ponza and Rays is knocking around. It's got nothing to yeah. do with that at all, but it's it's all, all about people haven't realised the potential of the deck. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, when you see all the all the mono red decks have four rays in the yeah. sideboard, and then Pons is like one of the most played <laughs> decks. Yeah. It's definitely not the greatest place to be with your uh, end of the battlefield tap lines. Yeah. Um, our next one was that the mono blue split would be more apparent. Like we would see both versions of the decks um, appearing, which again I think that is happening. Um, there is the the snap version. Uh, with the Brian Barrow and the um, Golem version with the yeah. Bind the Monsters um, in both days. Um, there wasn't a bit of a mix that I noticed, like a, a version running both. I, I haven't seen one of those yet. Mm. Um, but the, the two different versions definitely seem to have solidified um, and both be represented. So we weren't too bad with that one. And no. your next your next one was we will see Rug Ponza next week. Um What's going on? What? Which there was a lot of Ponza. Yes. It just didn't have any blue in. To be fair. It was all red green. Yeah. As as I said last week, I, I changed it to basically we'll see a different type of Ponza, like we'll see blue green or mono green or rug. And again, they did the opposite, they just solidified themselves into red green. Which to me is a little surprising. Because even the blue green deck, I'm surprised didn't even make a make an appearance, or like it, yeah, it's very odd. I think after, yeah, after it did well last week as well, I thought that might mm. be a sort of push to pick it up. Yeah. Um, but it sort of seems like it's just been a push to pick up Ponza, and obviously more that the red green one is a lot a lot more popular. Um. So yeah, the the there was definitely. A lot of Ponza, but it just wasn't blue. Yeah. Or, or it wasn't red blue. Um, and our last one, uh, which was my random random pick, uh, was there would be a Ninja Affinity top eight. 
there was uh, no Ninja Finity in both top 32s. Weber, um, come on, come on. Weber was there, he just wasn't playing Ninja Finity. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think he was playing, he played Bogles, I think, on the Saturday. Um, I'm not sure if he was there on Sunday. Yeah, game 30 seconds with Bogles on the Saturday. And yeah, then... yeah. I don't think he was in on Sunday. No, he wasn't in on Sunday. But I do believe he was playing Terra at a like, local. Oh, right, I think yeah. so. That's probably why. But yeah, no one in Divinity. Um, didn't really expect the Divinity, but we had put down something. Hey, oh. Um, But yeah, other than the wild calls, it seems to be in a fairly decent place. Obviously, the Mono Blue has sort of become two different decks. It's it's the same deck, but two, two obviously different lists. Yeah, um, it's just what you want to tackle in it. That that's basic. Like yeah. the the actual deck is, I don't want to say functionally the same, but it's basically the same deck. It's just obviously which with the flex slots do you want to tech against? Yeah, um, lots of diversity, which is great to great to see, um, and yeah, lots of ponds are just not rogue ponds. Yeah. I think it's just to be fair. What the main thing with our. Um, what we expect to happen with all these different wild takes of like Ninja Finity, different types of Ponza, Poison Star, all that sort of stuff. It just, again, reiterates how surprisingly healthy the format is, which mm -hmm. a lot of people do think that it is quite the opposite. Obviously, there's a lot of Ponza, there's a lot of Red, there's a lot of Fear about, uh, probably too much numbers in some weeks or some leagues or whatever. So I can definitely see people's frustration, but I, I think the meta is just surprisingly healthy. You can literally almost pick up any deck and do reasonably well with it. Like, if you... Mm. Poison Storm is a solid, strong deck, and I would probably say it's... Obviously, it's not up there in the meta or whatever, but it's definitely a deck you can consider taking 5 or even top 16, a showcase challenge, as was shown. Yeah. So, and again, the same thing is true with Ninja Finity. It's just an interesting take, and it just shows how, if you are mindful of how to tackle the meta game, Anything can basically top eight. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Top top eight or top sixteen oh, yeah, is sorry, probably top 16, more, yeah. more reasonable. Yeah. Like the the top eights are still what you would expect of the best part of decks. Obviously, the occasional blue black fair and walls are pretty cool to see. Um, but for the most part, it's your your gardens, your gates, your burn, your wildfire, your affinity, your fair, and um, your bogles, um, and your ponza, um. But yeah, obviously there are decks sneaking in there, and then the top sixteen, it, it is very mixed. Um, the, yeah, it, it does seem to be in a very good place at the moment. Obviously, leagues are a bit different because of how people play them. Um, I think the ability to just play one game and then leave, and then play another game and then leave, means that decks like Burn and Mono Blue Fear will be more represented because they sort of play out faster. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for, for the challenges and for sort of paper pauper as well, um, it definitely feels like it's in a, a really decent place. Um, which is surprising because nothing's really changed. Just <laughs> we give burn more tools and it sort of got a bit worse. Yeah, very. It is a, <laughs> this is a strange one when you think about it. To be fair. Yeah. But yeah, so our expectations from this week onwards, um. The first one I've got is, I think Ponza will continue to see a decent number of um, pilots. 
Um, obviously, a lot of pe people picked it up for both of these challenges, um, and it did particularly well on Sunday. Um, but I just think it's a fairly linear deck to play. It's a pretty fun deck to play, and it's doing doing well. Um, so I, I can definitely see more people picking it up and trying it out, um, which is cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not going to lie, I, I didn't really have any expectations for this week. Uh, as you can tell by my blank screen, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think the meta is super diverse and super interesting. And as you say, I think Ponzo will take a big push. Um, what I'm gonna go with because I'm completely not winging this. I think. How do I want to put this? I feel like we'll see. The burning tree called Dortha burn overtake the pinger burn in popularity next week and my i don't really understand my reasoning for this and i don't really understand why i've come to this conclusion i just have a feeling that basically people are preparing more for the pinger burn as you said like it's seemed to have stopped itself out that effectively some sort of cold author burn is going to get under all these decks see that obviously it did um it was less represented but it had the better result from the two weekends it came third whereas the other burns were like seventh and eighth and mm. um, and with a lot of the burn decks being this pinger burn there is a lot less like suffocate and fume style effects in the non-red decks and mm. um, i think its biggest issue will be in the the pseudo mirror like against the pinger burn where they're just stacked on and the festivities and stuff yeah you're basically priced into right i have to hold my cold offer for a bushwhacker turn um and if you can get that mana online fast enough to to compete yeah um because you can't just like turn turn one a cold off turn two a cold offer and leave it there because they'll just wipe it for one mana yeah that is definitely um, but yeah I, I can definitely see it it's a, it's a cool take on the deck, opposed mm. to the the ping and burn. It's it's nice to see they've gone two very different ways, and um, and as the the sort of like fumes esque effects go down, or as 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 like the weather effects go up, the the repeatable damage as well is is good. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that's the wildest take. I can I can definitely see, it, especially with having that third place result. Yeah. Um, definitely. I think a lot of people will try it out. As GN has shown, yes. trying it instead of farms. Yeah. He's clearly uh, thinks there's something something worth trying mm -hmm. there. Definitely. Uh, do you want to go with what your second take will be? Or? Um, so, yeah, again, I, I think the we're just in a, a pretty decent place with Popper right now. Um, so that, uh, yeah, I don't really have another take. Obviously, the increase of Ponza. Um, other than that, yeah, I, I I don't have one. I'll leave it there. <laughs> I so, think if we continue to see the, the variety that we are, uh, I'll be pretty happy. Yeah, it's definitely true, because it, it does feel like the challenges are definitely in a good place. Uh, that is for sure. Um, I don't really... I, again, I don't have a second take, but I feel like I'm going to try and go for something, because I just like to put <laughs> something there. Just in case it goes off, you know, you never know. 
Um, and I feel like my, I guess what I want to hope is that Jeskai Ephemera takes a down tick. That is one thing yeah. that I do, I do kind of want to hope, but I don't think that's going to be the case. So no. I guess my next take is, I guess gardens will probably start standardizing a list. Like they'll go they'll very much because the minute gardens to me is very all over the place. And that, that oh, is yeah, a definitely. big thing that I do like about the deck is bad this small engine or core. Everything else is all over the place and you're free to express exactly how you want to tackle them at a game. Yeah. But I do think we'll start seeing more in common, i.e. visionary as a mainstay, or maybe dark ritual, or sideboard will be more similar with rancid earths or or what have you. I think we are starting to get there, to be fair, but I just feel like it'll solidify more next week. Yeah, I think it's a hard one to tell with gardens as well, just because the numbers are so odd. Yeah. Like, you could see two lists that look the same, and you'd be like, oh, well, these must be different lists, because you see all the one-offs and two-offs, but then they're all the same one-offs and two-offs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, c- I can see that, especially with how well it's been doing recently. Um. So there'll be more people trying it and more people developing it um, and tuning the numbers. The only thing that sort of makes me think wise about that is how different that um, deck pick one that you picked was to like a standardized or a standard gardens list. Like it was completely different. So I can see that sort of causing some issue with that. But yeah, it's not the worst take. No. But yeah, definitely a, a cool one anyways. So, anything else? No, that's it from me. So, just to let you all know, we are hoping to record, obviously, next Baru's Monday, but released, obviously, usually the state standard time, the Wednesday, the Thursday. Um, But that is all to do with if the information comes to us in a reasonable time where we can obviously collect our highlights, all that sort of stuff. But following that, we'll also be taking a two-week break. Coincidentally, um, Reese is away for a week, then I'm away for a week. So it's kind of just come to a two-week break. But normal service will obviously, all the podcasts should be resuming roughly around June the 28th, if you worked out at, somewhere yeah, around yeah. there. That's the that's the Wednesday. Um so and I think we should hopefully have some results from the Leeds Paper Popper event. Yes. Um that we've both attended multiple times in the past. Unfortunately we can't attend this time because we're away. Um but we should have some decent results from there. It should be a fairly big event yeah. um in paper. So that'll be cool to discuss as well on, on in the twentieth. Yeah. So also guys, if I will I'll put the link in the description of the youtube video and maybe the spotify description i don't really know how that works or the podcast description <laughs> i don't know how that works with um links and stuff but i'll give it a go but i'll definitely have that link in the description of the event to please check out that leads event um it has been a great event for the last two times that we've run it increased numbers every time and dan is doing a great job but obviously trying to get every single pauper community together all in one place and it's a great venue, great event overall, overall well run as well. So I'm expecting to see some really good numbers and a good mix of results. And without Reese being there, um, someone else gets a chance to at least try and do well. 
you know, I'm just there to meme. I'm just there for a laugh. Reese is there to take home a win and, you know, do all that sort of stuff. But, so it'd be interesting to see how that comes on around us say, in about two and a half weeks' time. We'll have some challenges. We probably won't cover the challenges that we're away from. We might touch on them on the, like, moving forward based on, like, percentages of meta and, you know, what top 80 and all that sort of stuff. Just passing comments, but we're not going to review them in detail as, obviously, the meta will probably have shifted somewhat or, or whatever. Um, but, yeah, guys, that is all for us at Cast and Commons, and please do not forget to stay hydrated. Bye.